0: Welcome to the Together PDX podcast. You're listening to our Gospel Gathering series, where we will be replaying valuable content from past events where local Portland leaders gathered to hear from authors, theologians, and scholars. We'd like to note that the views shared by our guests don't necessarily reflect those of the entire Together PDX team. We pray today's content enriches your day and spirit. Hey, welcome back to the Together PDX podcast. I know you're excited to hear part two of Dr. Matthew Sleeth's 2020 talk on Sabbath lessons for ministry leaders. We're going to dive right into part two of this talk, followed by more Q&A from local pastors, A.J. Swoboda and Mary Ann Nowak. Enjoy.
1: Let me pick this up with um how we started, um, uh, Sabbath as, uh, a family and then specifically what we've decided to do here in this COVID, uh, time of life. Um, uh, I started it right at the beginning of my Christian experience as, and, and for me, I, I don't have one day that I can tell you that I was a Christian and one day that I, I was not. Um, for me, my experience was not Paul's of being you know knocked on the ground on the road to Damascus but Peter's of I'm with you uh I never knew you (laughs) I'm with you I never heard of the guy um and that was my experience uh in coming into Christianity but as Billy Graham uh used to say uh, you know there comes a time when you know that you know that you know um But very early on, we instituted Sabbath-keeping in our home before my wife was a Christian, before my son and and daughter were. And um, that necessitated them, my children, getting all the housework and the homework done um, by Saturday evening. And... Um, and they learned that ha- uh, habit because Sabbath keeping isn't just organizing your time of rest. It's organizing your time of work. And we see that in the Old Testament in that you have to work twice as much the day before to pick up the manna so that you do have um, a day of rest. And so my my children really learned how to um, organize themselves um and it kind of made it fun on Saturdays. I remember my son and I would, we, we learned that it was way faster to vacuum the house if one person was operating, you know, the front end and another person was carrying the vacuum. And, and we, we thought that it should be an Olympic sport actually next to snow shoveling and raking. You could tell this is real New England stuff. Um, and, and so we would, we would get that housework done and, and my kids would get that homework done. Um, and then we saw what the experiment was like. It's it's been a long experiment to see how my children turned out. Uh, and I remember in high school, they went to an extremely competitive high school, Saint Johnsbury Academy. Um, and uh, it's it's a it's a high school with separate buildings for the art department and the science department and everything. And um, and one of the teachers said, you know, your your kids aren't going to make it. Um, if they, if they can't do homework on Sunday, they're just, they're not gonna, this is not the way this school operates. And my daughter would get up every day at four o'clock to study before school. It's very rigorous, um, you know, kind of school. Um, and uh the, the to run the the you know the fast forward through this how the experiment turned out. My son was a Val Victorian at his high school. My daughter didn't graduate from high school. She was accepted to um, uh, college early because she only missed two questions on her SATs. Um, and they both graduated uh, first in in college. Um, and my son did it in three years, and then he graduated first in his med school class. They're smart kids. They got a Jewish mom. You know, They know how to study. But there's lots of smart kids. There's lots of kids with Jewish moms. What they had in retrospect was something no other kid had. They had a day every week of rest. They had a day when God loved them for being human beings, not human doings. And their parents loved them for being human beings and not human doings um so we we started sabbath early on it's very interesting this morning I met my son and we walked um, at, on his six months back here in the U.S. He's been running a COVID team at the university hospital, but he's come, he's just stopped that because he's going to go back to Kenya so we can finally kind of reintegrate um, together. We've been walking every morning and I said, you know, I'm going to be doing this today. Tell me about your Sabbath experience. He said, dad, you know, when I get back to 10 wick hospital, he's the only pediatrician for 2 million kids. Um, and it's a big hospital, they have like a daily census of 600 or so, um, and he said, it's really difficult, when I take a day off, somebody's going to die. it's just a fact of life, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be there, somebody's going to die, and he said, you know, when it gets moved around, and he said, but in general, I take four days a month in which I don't see patients. And because of that, he can stay there. He can stay on the field. He can stay on the front lines. Um, he can keep teaching, you know, new interns how to take care of these babies and everything. And um, and so I, I think a lot of people say, well, you know, if I don't do it or I, I'm the minister or whatever, it's not going to get done. Little kids die when he doesn't go to work. And that's the way it's got to be because he goes to work and he's going to be able and he's been doing it for years now um and so i think that's the most extreme case and he doesn't have an excuse he he has a refreshment in in sabbath so we 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 started this early um organization is important it's about getting the work done and then laying it down and then, what do you do on Sabbath? Um, I can't tell you what to do. I, I think a lot of us are going crazy to go back to church. You know, I, I'd love to be there. Um, I can't go to church. My church is closed now. Um, but what I use is the Philippians 4-8 model of what to put into my head on the Sabbath. It's a time that I feel particularly close to God. And so, and, and I don't have to turn to Philippians 4-8. This is one that made it to the front of my Bible. Um, and it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatsoever things are honest or honorable, just, pure, lovely, of good report or commendable. If there's any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so on my Sabbath, I, whether I'm looking at art or whether I'm listening to music or whether I'm reading on those days in particular, I want to make sure that things that are of good report are in my focus. So at the beginning of this um, COVID um, pandemic in in the U.S., it was uh, end of February, uh, my wife and I went on a walk and I said, it's going to be a marathon. It's going to be at least 18 months. And uh, let's figure out how to redeem this time. I'm not going to be able to do my regular work, um, but I'm. Uh, this is what I'm going to work on writing-wise. Um, we we talked about how should we do prayer during that time. Um, what should we do physically to stay fit? And as I shared earlier, that has for me uh, meant uh, being hungry a lot, and but I've lost 17 pounds and I feel better. Um, how are we gonna stay in touch with family? How are we gonna increase our faith? And one of the things I decided to really kind of double down on is old fashioned letter writing. Um, there's something about touch, human touch. When I was a physician, one of the duties that I had was to touch people. And I remember particularly folks coming in from nursing homes who may have lost their spouse a decade before, see their children infrequently or whatever. And the moment I'd start talking to them, I'd just hold their hand and, 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 and touch is is very important to us and there's something very tactile about getting a letter. <laughs> and and so I've been writing letters on, on Sabbath. Um the letters to non-Christians I tend to not do on a Sabbath because it's more work. It takes me ten times as long to write a letter to a non-believer uh, because I want I can't use shorthand. I can't break into biblish. I can't, you know um, I can't be sloppy uh, about it. Um, but one of the things that I found invaluable in the beginning of my Christian walk uh, was to change my attitude about gratitude, as it were. Um, coming from a, a background without family and having worked really hard, I didn't have the best, uh, you know, I kind of thought, Everything that I had, I'd given myself. Um, And I had a cynical attitude, if you will, um, that can happen working emergency medicine. Uh, And somehow I came on this idea of every day writing down uh, something that I was grateful for. And then on my Sabbath, just looking back over those six items, it can be as as little as one word. It can be a film of something or whatever. And first of all, that'll change your whole mindset. Just it might sound simple. It might sound childlike, almost doing it. Just do it. It's one of those experiment with it and see what happens to you. Uh, because what you will find, or what I found, was that over time, my gratitude journal morphed into a miracle journal. And what I was given were the eyes to see God at work and everything that God does is a miracle. And, and, and so I developed the ability to see that it all came through Sabbath through, through stopping that one day to look back on the, um, the six days before, just like God does in, in, in Genesis 2, 1, um, and to look back and to say it's good or it's very good. And, um, and then what you get to is it's not good and it's not very good. It's holy. You get to see the Lord at work. Um, and so that, that's one I would just absolutely, uh, recommend uh, at the top of the list of a, a Sabbath activity. Um, Sabbath with little kids is different. Uh, we just had our granddaughter here uh, this morning, and we had our granddaughter and our grandson here uh, all day yesterday. It's exhausting um, to have little kids. There's a reason that young people have children and not grandparents. Um, but my, my granddaughter already looks forward to Sunday. It's a day where she's allowed to eat a couple of special foods. She's allowed to watch the Magic School Bus only on that day, and no other day does she watch any kind of video or screen kind of thing. And so there's, you know, there's, um, for, for children, they should be given simple things, uh, something that A.J. Uh, talks about, and I think he did, and he wrote a, a wonderful book on this uh, called Subversive Sabbath, uh, is that uh, little Jewish kids, uh, eons ago, were given a teaspoon of honey uh, every Sabbath, honey is the only sweet thing. Really, where um, sugar is very concentrated, um, to remind them of how sweet the Sabbath is. So I recommend AJ's book uh, to you, um, and, uh, and and so you try to punctuate it for the children that it that it is a day that's special, that's set aside. And it's more joyful than other days. Uh, frankly, um, I've got a. a we have, uh, Blessed Earth has a website, uh, called SabbathLiving.org. There's sermons on there if you, uh, about Sabbath, if you don't want to write your own and, and give them. Um, but there's a film of the Mara family, and, uh, one of the, the Mara children, I think it's Peter, uh, Mara, uh, just said, I don't have to make my bed on Sunday. Oh, what a relief <laughs> it is. The problem is if your kid doesn't have to make the bed any day out of the week, then there's nothing special. So remember that Sabbath isn't just about rest; it's about organizing work on the other uh, uh, six days. Um, I think I'll let um, uh, my my lovely uh, friends uh, come back on and 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 ask more questions at this point, if that's okay.
0: Yes. Aj, is AJ, that in your, in your book about book the uh, about the uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, right, okay. and 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 interestingly um uh uh the the in our family we don't we don't do honey we do pancakes and what we found is that uh, that it really works well because in almost Pavlo, pavlovian style my son's body uh yearns for pancakes every sabbath and so he we're manipulating his body now to need the sabbath and we're, we're finding that it's working quite well.
1: Very good, very good. Marianne, question?
3: Yeah, I was just reflecting joyfully on the things you shared because, um, I grew up with a strict, uh, kind of Sabbath routine. We went to church, but for as a kid, um, we were to be, uh, seen but not heard. We were to be quiet in our rooms on Sabbath, and my parents kind of had their time to relax and enjoy a day of rest, really rest. So I really love what you're talking about as far as, um, I love the Philippians 4 8, but I also love, Like the joy, the freedom, the festivity, the gratitude, the choosing activities that are life-giving—like that—ignites in me uh, uh, just a a real desire to embrace a day as a gift from God to enjoy shalom. Um, Can you expand? Like, can you just throw out some other ideas? I love the ideas you shared that are ways to enjoy Sabbath.
1: Well, what uh, before I do that, I'm gonna gonna touch on something there with your parents. one of the things when I come to a church and I'm teaching about Sabbath that I always do is walk through the other nine of the commandments. And I point how they're in two groups. There's the first three commandments about God and how we're to understand him. And then commandments five through 10, um, honor your parents, don't kill, lie, cheat, steal, run around and put stuff on your credit card to keep up with your neighbors. Um, uh, those commandments, don't have anything to do with God. They're about civilization and and that sort of thing. And then I ask people to remember their best memories from Sunday as a kid growing up, if they grew up in the church. And they'll remember going to church, and uh, then they'll remember family meals and that sort of thing, and they remember being made to take naps. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll point out that almost were you uh, made to take naps, by the way?
3: No, I was just uh, no no friends could come over. It was just go. Okay. To rooms. Well, and- a, lot,
1: a lot of kids are made to take naps, and then I'll say, you know, it when you 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 invariably got up and went to your parents' door, and it was locked. Your parents were not committing adultery, and. And and when you walk through what happens on a Sunday, you're really walking through the Ten Commandments. We went to church, Commandment 1, 2, and 3. If you think of Judaism as how far away you can get from God before you get out of bounds, and Christianity is how close you can get to God, um, then, <laughs> uh, you know, when the commandment says don't do this, God is really trying to get you to do the opposite. It's It's don't, you know, don't take my my name in vain well the opposite of it is to call on the lord in reverence and prayer and worship that's what you're doing in church and and so you know um and and then in those commandments you know uh uh you know honor your parents there's there's nothing that honors me like having my family around a table together and that's everybody's memories of sabbath when they grew up um, and so I walk through how all the commandments are easier, and then i'll, I'll, I'll thou shalt not commit adultery. How about that one dr Sleeth? well that 's the door that 's locked um, and 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 so um it, and it's very interesting if you look at um uh Puritan sermons on Sabbath uh, they would exhort people to go home and lock the door. This was a New England invention again and and make babies and that sort of thing um, and it's very interesting that you know we're, we're told that fifty percent of marriages will end in divorce, and I don't think there's one in ten thousand uh, marriage counselors. And really, it's divorce counseling. If you don't ask ask this question, is what are y'all doing for Sabbath? Uh, I think there's a absolute direct link between between not having Sabbath in a home and and divorce. Um, and, and so it, it should be a thing of joy. Um, and, in and it should be something that you're looking forward to six days out of the week. And I have to tell you that the benefits of Sabbath you're not going to see in the first month and you're not going to see in the first few months. It's, it's years into it that you wouldn't let go of it for anything on this earth, literally. I wouldn't. Um, that you really begin to see the the benefits of it. it's think of it as spiritual exercise, and you're buff once you've kept <laughs> spiritually buff once you've kept Sabbath for six months or, or so, and I'm a Sabbath marathoner, you know, having done it for coming up on two decades here I've been a Christian. Um, so don't expect to see all the benefits at once, but if you are not somewhat sad on sunday evening if your sabbath is on sunday and by the way for pastors you're going to have to move it uh to friday or monday or something like that but encourage your church to do it on sunday because sabbath keeping i think the reason we didn't hear from it from genesis all the way to exodus is because god was building a community and um it's it's been my experience and i've worked with a lot of churches and some churches are very good about this and some are lousy but a church that actually begins the sabbath together is a very functional church um and and in uh, also in my experience pastors who have kept a sabbath joyfully are infinitely better equipped to go the long haul and ministry is going to get harder as time goes by. It's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. Um, and so you want to prepare yourself. You want to get plugged into the grid of joy as it were. And, and for me, that's, that's Sabbath.
3: Awesome. Thank you. AJ.
2: Marianne. Yeah. I've got a great question for you, Matthew. And thank you for addressing the question of the day of the week, because I know for a lot of pastors, uh, if we're going to say it has to be Sunday or something to that effect, um, that affects a pastor's life and, and how they, you know, how, how do they? I, I want to ask a question about technology, Matthew. Um, as you think about the Sabbath and the fact that we now have our work in our phones everywhere, our work in our pockets everywhere we go, um, how, how does the Sabbath actually speak to our, our relationship to our technology? How does it actually shape? Um, what we do with our phones, what we do with our computers, what we do with our TVs.
1: Yeah. I, I heard this guy talking about the um, Sabbath once and he, he held up a phone and he said, this, this is what you need to do with your phone on the Sabbath. And he squeezed these two buttons and he shut it down completely. That was AJ. And I, I, I think that the concept of screenless Sabbath is the way to go. For one thing, uh, particularly during uh, this time of of uncertainty, um, people can get addicted to checking and rechecking the same news, and that's really bad for you. Just, I don't think, unless you're involved in the news industry, that you need to spend any more than 30 minutes a day on gathering news. Um, and I don't think you need to do it on, on Sunday. If the world comes to an end, somebody will let you know. Um, and I think that actually makes you a more effective and engaged person over time, as opposed to being bogged down with anxiety and worry. And so, um, uh, so I think screenless, uh, Sundays are a really great way to go. Um, we get a ton of email. My wife cannot not answer email if there's a computer open. So she really just has to close the computer uh, for that day. I'm not as um, computer uh, integrated as many people. I'm like an old-fashioned Luddite or whatever. Um, so I might open up the computer, but usually I don't. I don't take computers with me when I travel or anything. Um, I, I really think that you've, you've got to give it up. Here, here's uh, something for people to try. Try putting your, uh, your phone to sleep, uh, or in closing off your computer for 24 hours. If you're uncomfortable, there's a problem. You, some, you know the addictive potential of something, Um not by necessarily how it makes you feel while you 're doing it, but by how it makes you feel when you stop so for instance, cigarettes, you know people get used to it, and you don 't really know it's when you stop that you realize that you're addicted and and so, if you can put that phone and computer away for twenty four hours and it has no effect on you um you're probably not addicted um, if you're anxious if you're you know and boredom is not a condition uh of circumstance it's of choice you know so and or if you're bored or something you you really need to um say i got a problem with technology and i need to limit it um i i will tell you the worst piece of advice i've ever heard from one pastor to somebody (laughs) or or, it wasn't directly to them but they were talking um about a person that was addicted to pornography, and this person was um, in a seminary, and they had to go to an inpatient treatment. Uh, the woman was sent to an inpatient treatment center, and she came back, and they, and then the whoever was in, overseeing her said, well, "You know, we're trying to get her reintegrated with the computer in a healthy way." Jesus said, "You know, take your eye out if you have to. There, there are some people." that need to permanently disconnect. I have two uh, uh, friends, one I know is a billionaire, and the other is probably real close if he's not, and both of them carry flip phones, and they're billionaires, so you will survive. <laughs> um, and that's for people who are really having a problem, but there's a lot of people who are really having a problem with technology, because you can commit uh, and break every one of the Ten Commandments with a computer. Um and, and so don't think of it just as a habit think of it as you know your portal to either sin or or to something redeeming.
3: Yeah. That's a good word. Thank you. AJ do you have something else you want to ask?
2: I think um I think I've asked the questions I'd like to ask but I'm obviously extraordinarily grateful for Matthew's Matthew's work here.
3: Yes. So am I, I want to just say I really love your book. I have it right here, 24-6. Um, you have, one of the things I really loved was your discussion in there about the value of time and how much, how, how when we, you know, as, as a Christ follower, we have a different perspective of time and the shortness of life and how that can really help us cherish and value the time of Sabbath, the time of rest and, and recharging. Um is there anything that you could say to speak to that?
1: Well, I I would I would say yes. I mean, we should have a very different perspective on time. But I think that one fault that we can make um is is saying that well, you know, I'm I'm on to the next life or I'm I'm on to heaven and and you know what what's happening here doesn't really matter. And so the challenge theologically I would put to people is if if you believe in an all-powerful God, and I do, and you believe that that God wants to bring you into relationship, into a right relationship, and would do anything, including sent his only son to die, to make sure that that happens, why weren't you just born in heaven in the first place? and what you will quickly come to is that this life and this earth and this time is a very precious gift and it, it it's not it, it's maybe it's a little thing but if we're faithful in this little thing we're given bigger things and and so um i don't think we want to fritter our time away here i think we want to redeem the hours and count the hours and, and to know that this life does end it, it, it uh, you know, the ride stops and there'll be judgment and, and that sort of thing. We're playing with really big stakes here. And, and so, um, uh, uh, and, and so time is very, very valuable. Um, it's, it's more valuable than money or anything else. And, um, and we need to redeem it. um, and you will, you know, to me, it's very interesting that in this COVID experience, some days it feels like it's going, time is going very slowly. And then wham, it's, you know, what happened to the last um, six months? Um, I think without Sabbath in my life, over the last six months, it would have just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And um And, and so, uh, you know, time is something to think about. It's, uh, it's something that Jesus is constantly cautioning and warning people that time will run out. There will not be time to get any more oil for your lamp. Um, uh, the invitation will close. The door will close, um, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so redeem, redeem the hours now. And, and, uh, Get about the work of uh, spreading the gospel and the kingdom.
3: Yeah, I don't think any of us are going to get to the end of our life and say, "I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would yeah. have, you know, spent uh,
1: more time in the office." I'm yeah, going
3: to say, "I wish I would have enjoyed my life more." Right? I Wish yes. I would have clung to the Lord more closely and rested more and just savored each moment. Right?
1: My uh, granddaughter, you're getting sick of. It, she came in. She, uh, I don't think she fell in the stream right by my house. She went in, and came in the house and all excited and soaking wet, and and she just hugged me and hugged me. And those are those are the moments that count. Not uh, not that work isn't important and everything, um, and they feel even more special as I can't go and hug all the people that I want to. Uh, in this you know time of separation that we're going through, yeah
3: that's right a j anything else that you want to ask
1: not not on my end nope okay and and I would uh just tell people for those uh who want the book twenty four six and for some reason can't afford it. I don't know whether people in prison hear this, but I get notes from them uh just. Google Matthew Sleeth and it'll suck you to our website and I'll send you one if you can't afford it.
3: Thank you so much for your generosity. Also this um, time together's this webinar has been recorded. So if anybody uh, wants to view it again or pass it on to friends, um, you'll have an opportunity to do that. So um, I just want to say thank you so much, um, Matthew, for being here with us and for giving us such great things to think about. Uh, Thank you, AJ, for being here and being a panelist and we're just, we're just so grateful for our time together. So thank you. Um Yeah. Thank a,
2: you. Thank you, Marianne as well for your work.
3: Yeah. Have a, have a great rest of your day. We look forward to reading more of your books, especially the new one on
0: suicide that's coming out. So thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. There you have it, folks. Thanks for listening to this talk by Dr. Matthew Sleeth. Just a reminder, these gatherings happen live around the metro area about once a quarter. So visit togetherpdx.org slash events to see what's coming up next.